Hi there and welcome to this issue of Shotguns and Sugar, where we look at history from perspectives you don't always talk about in school. Let me start this issue with the story of George H. Bell, a pseudo-American hero who illustrates the international flavor of the American Civil War. His commanding officer reported that Bell displayed extraordinary courage under the most painful and trying circumstances as he was piloting the USS Santee, a Union gunboat, past four forts and a Confederate steamer in Galveston Bay, while on a mission to destroy the Confederate schooner Royal Yacht. Bell's efforts earned him the Congressional Medal of Honor. Yet his importance, in terms of our topic today, is not in the courage and coolness he displayed in the face of enemy fire. It lies in his nationality. Bell was one of a relative handful of Medal of Honor recipients who are not American citizens. He hailed from Newcastle-upon-Tyne, a port city on the English Channel in northeast England. Bell's war experience as a British subject fighting in the American Civil War was shared by some 50,000 other soldiers who hailed from a country other than the United States. This does not include the thousands of other soldiers who immigrated to the United States and signed up to fight for their newly adopted country. These brave men, who fought for both the blue and the gray, illustrate in a very personal way the oft-overlooked but vital perspective of the Civil War as an international event. As one in a series about the Civil War on the world stage, this podcast introduces the overall topic of the world's interest in the American Civil War. Like many of my Shotguns and Sugar podcasts, this series is based on lectures I developed for college classes I've taught in both United States and world history. The material for these lectures, and therefore this podcast, comes from a variety of sources. For those of you who would like to further investigate this topic, or perhaps are looking for sources on the subject for your own purposes, full citations of works that contributed to my understanding of this topic can be found on the Shotguns and Sugar website, shotgunsandsugar.com. In thinking about this topic, the first question that comes to my mind is why? Why would other countries care about an obviously local conflict involving what, at that time, was considered a relatively minor player on the world scene. Of course, the side question is, what is it about this question that interests me enough to sit and discuss the topic with the world in general? The answer to the second question is relatively obvious. The Civil War on the world stage provides a perspective on this pivotal event in our history that is often not considered. More broadly, I think that as we investigate the international context in which the Civil War played out, we can learn a great deal about our relationship to the rest of the world and the influence of our own national and social ancestry on the mid-1800s and, perhaps, even on the world of the 21st century. Also, quite frankly, as part of the Civil War that most people don't even think about, which is what makes it an ideal topic for Shotguns and Sugar, where I seek to bring history alive by discussing new or different perspectives on historical events. The answer to the first question, why would other countries care about a local conflict in a faraway land, requires a much, much more complex answer. There were certainly many reasons for the world to ignore the Civil War. During the 1860s, the international community did not look upon the United States as a world power. At just over 80 years old, we were still heavily focused on internal issues that would stabilize our great experiment. What attention we paid to the international scene focused primarily on protecting American shipping and enforcing the Monroe Doctrine. These two concerns placed us as a regional power at best, asserting influence over the Western Hemisphere. Also, 
the major international issue of the day was the growth of European imperialism. In part because of our youth and relative inexperience, this was not an effort we were particularly interested in at the time. Certainly, our expansion during the first half of the 19th century smacks of imperialism. The acquisition of Louisiana, Florida, and Oregon, the Mexican-American War, and our ongoing battles with Native American nations do echo several principles of imperialism. Yet these efforts are tied to the physical expansion of the country, as opposed to the imperial concept of controlling a foreign sovereign for economic and political power not to expand the actual boundaries of the mother country. Our disinterest in imperialism is illustrated in our treatment of Mexico in the Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo. Negotiated between September of 1847 and February of 1848, this treaty ended the Mexican-American War. As part of that treaty, Mexico gave up all rights to Texas, along with all or part of present-day Arizona, California, Colorado, Nevada, New Mexico, Utah, and Wyoming. At the same time, some in Congress argued that Manifest Destiny demanded that we take the whole country and incorporate it into the United States. Yet cooler heads prevailed and, somewhat ironically, as the conquerors, we paid Mexico for the land we took from them by force, hardly something an imperialistic nation would do. To influential countries on the international stage, we were still a distant land engaging in a great experiment in self-government. Yet it is the worldwide community's interest in this great experiment that begins, but only begins to answer my questions of why other countries cared about our civil war. In fact, those who have studied this topic closely have identified a number of reasons the international community was interested in our little family fight. One reason was to help them, and us, understand how a democratic constitutional republic, which a mosaic-like social structure like ours, defined nationhood. Another reason was to see how the war would affect the future of slavery in the world. Third, how modern military tools would reinvent warfare in an industrialized world. And finally, how would a country based on the principle of the citizen as ruler go about the reconstruction of the economy and society in the former Confederacy. This series of podcasts on the Civil War on the World stage is designed to answer these, as well as a few other related questions. I hope you'll take the time to listen to all of the podcasts in this series. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this issue of Shotguns and Sugar, where we talk about elements of the past that you don't always hear about in the traditional classroom. For more information on this and other subjects addressed in, on this channel, check out our website, shotgunsandsugar.com, and tune in to future broadcasts about the wonders of history.